Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined once again by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Mm, it is Monday. It's been it's been okay. Global warming is bothering me, but, you know. <laughs> Does that mean it's warm outside in Bloomington? Yeah, it's, I mean, wasn't, you know, supposed to be September, supposed to be not friggin' 95 degrees. Yeah, there. we've got... Uh, We've got 71 up here, and it is almost 9 p.m., so that tells you a little something. It was nice uh, Saturday. I went over to the house, and I mowed and cut some trim. I'll be doing trim forever. And also put some more string in the line trimmer and went around and uh, trimmed all the weeds at the edges of my of my fence and did the little... I've got one of those weed trimmers that rotates so you can cut into the edges of the sidewalk. I've got a little bit of old sidewalk. Oh, nice. Connects with the new sidewalk where when the city redid the road in front of my house, they also redid the sidewalk. So, like, the first two chunks of sidewalk are new and then the last two are old. Yeah. And so I cut those to give it a nice a nice line and uh, that was a whole thing. Jeez. I've inadvertently segued into talking about the house. While I was gone, <laughs> um, Sarah and my dad did... The floor tile in the kitchen and the bathroom. Wow. So um, that looks really nice. I'll have to get pictures. You get in there and you're like, whoa. Yeah. And um, Andrew went around and did some some odd jobs. We put wood um, sort of barn boards at the, I don't know what you call this. You know when you're going down a set of stairs in a house and there's a wall that you're facing? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it only goes to a certain point yeah. because otherwise you'd hit your head on it. Yeah. Uh, he put wood on that and we're going to paint it white. And then he patched a, a spot in the floor of the front porch, my house's front porch that had the wood had rotted out. And he also went around the fence in the backyard that had some missing, uh, pickets and stuff that I'd bought and bought last fall. And then winter hit before, um, got that patching patching done but did that and I then wanted to go around and cut all the grass down so that we can paint that fence so that it looks paint that fence are you going to do yep. so the new the, the new and old boards you know appear to be the same yeah you, you, <laughs> right. you going to learn karate while you're doing it paint the fence oh yeah yeah paint the fence no problem uh, hopefully we're going to use rollers and things for that yeah. i was going to spray it with a paint sprayer but it's tricky outside with the wind and mm. neighbors' cars and stuff. Oh, so yeah, right, for sure. I think it'll be easier to just, you know, get two or three of us with some rollers and brushes. I wonder, how much, I wonder how much knock it out. spraying, like a, renting a paint sprayer costs. So I have a little mm. bit of fence that I could do that on. But did you see that new uh, Jurassic Park trailer? Uh, that that short yeah, not, video not that really they posted? Trailer, yeah, I, I, I did watch that a little uh, this afternoon. The uh, um, what was it? it takes place after Jurassic World, but before the next one. It's not supposed to be here until twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two, something like that. Hmm. And okay. Yeah, the next movie is I mean, not supposed to be here for a while. I don't remember how much we talked about this on the show after we watched Fallen Kingdom. Uh, my main issue with the end of that movie and uh, spoilers for um, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, though. If you haven't seen it by now, probably don't. Bother. Yeah, but, you, probably, uh, <laughs> you, probably, you probably won't don't want to watch it. I mean, you know, like, the, you know, the dinosaurs, yes, were loose on the mainland in the United States, but there were like 20 of them. Right. 
It's not like they're right. going to propagate themselves. And, and it's America. Yeah. So th- this this video, um, I was somewhat appalled because it's a thriller story, and that's what you do. You yell at the characters on screen. <laughs> like, why are you going into the woods? Right. Or why didn't you lock the door behind you? Um, this This family is out in the wilderness, and they're unarmed. Like, they have a crossbow that can apparently fire two bolts, but um, there are dinosaurs loose and and they're unarmed. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But this is America. Like, I don't own any guns. (laughs) But if you're out in the wilderness in America, you you probably have a gun. Especially if dinosaurs are loose. They were at a campground too, though. So it... it, it, They were, their whole family. And it wasn't just their family. It was like, the way I get the... I didn't see the whole set, but it, it... it did feel like it was like a trailer park, a, a campground where you bring in your RVs and stuff. Like when we go, yeah. I mean, it's a stuff. it's a short video, and there's no like, um, there's no background or anything. Like that. Yeah, there's no real background. It felt to me like a like a survival kind of oh, setting. Did it? Oh, see, if it was that, then that's I totally what I got. Like got a like a not that. not quite as extreme Walking Dead okay. situation. I I, I got the. I guess I doesn't make any sense. Like civilization hasn't collapsed at the end of Fallen Kingdom, no. so I don't know where I got that idea. No. But yeah, the the the, the feel the vibe I got from it was there. that they were just on a family camping trip out at Yellowstone. Like it's just where they they took their their trailer with the. There's probably fifty other trailers on the other side around them, and it's nobody. Yeah, here. and and obviously they are city people mm-hmm. who listen to NPR and. <laughs> Uh, shop at Whole Foods, right? And hopefully, we we finally get some email on the show for all the shade I'm throwing. <laughs> but it's all true. Yeah, the, the... I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you that uh, <laughs> if if my parents were hunting in a national park where there were wild animals, even setting aside dinosaurs, um, my, my dad would be armed. Yeah, because he's a hunter. And sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I I did go out to Yellowstone yeah, several yeah, years were, ago. These were I... not those kind of people. They had small children, and obviously that was a concern. So I mean, I went. That out... was just my gut reaction. Right. So. I went. I went out to uh, Yellowstone, and they have bears the size of my car, and and I, and I know, and they literally walk through the middle of campgrounds, and so I I can see how that's comparatively, and I definitely would not have had a gun, but I, I don't, and I don't know how fast forward forward they're going to fast forward us whatever uh time skip us at the next movie so they may say like it's enough that you know, it's enough that there's a baby triceratops right so. so it could be you know they could say like five ten years later whatever and then they're just part of the natural habitat but yeah i mean that's definitely movie logic because there was hardly any i guess they could say that um the people who bought them went and made more or something you know but may i mean knows, most right? of them got loose i mean that's the real <laughs> I'm I'm going full political in this conversation, <laughs> but that's the real danger and threat and like scary prospect of wherever this story is going is the hundreds of thousands of people who are going to protest dinosaur rights yeah. and prevent, um, <laughs> you know, the whoever that would be, not National Park Service, but the wildlife, whatever the the federal government wildlife organization is from just you know, capturing or, or euthanizing these animals for, for the sake of public safety. Yeah, right. um, well, they, they did in we'll that, just... in that world, remember they did decide to not intervene in the destruction of that Island um, of, right. of the animals. But, but the, I think, I think the, the TV talking heads said something like mm-hmm. it's not American land anyway. 
and we don't really the United Nations decided not to step in. So if it's in right. America, it's you're right. All, all we would international hear is, waters and right. and out on an island where you know they're safe, where people are safe, you know from from interacting. Right, and and Americans don't have any say in like protesting to save the save yeah. the whales. Yeah. But here here, if it was in America, they would. You're right. You better believe every Carnotaur and Tyrannosaurus Rex that murdered 16 people, they'd have like protests to make sure we didn't get put down. And you know, yeah, yeah, it's. So I, I get it. But anyway, back to the realness of this trailer. Um, <laughs> Sorry. They, they got it. It was kind of dark and straightforward. The director for the next movie, and I think the last movie is the same guy. Um, Colin Trevermore or something like that. He he directed this and helped okay. and helped write it. So he was what he's trying to do is to give people like ideas of where he's going with it. Like this is mm. this is the feeling of where he's going. So it's kind of a mm-hmm. this is the the dark future of where I'm going to go. Um, so that's kind of cool because he in his eight minute short went straight for the jugular. Like here is a carnivore eating a baby tyrannus or whatever triceratops, and then here they're right. going to go eat after a little baby human and oh, mm-hmm. little kids getting mauled. And like oh my god, this is you know this is real type stuff they didn't mess around with the yeah. suspense yeah so anyway it's it, it was kind of fun but very very <laughs> jurassic worldy yeah yeah I, I wouldn't expect you know huge drama from it in the future but no i mean after the after the second one i think everyone's expectations should be fairly low <laughs> fairly low right they're gonna go back go back up from there uh yeah so Speaking of things that we are watching and doing here, uh, you want to talk about our 2020 challenge? Sure. Let's jump right into that. So we are talking about the 1976 Sylvester Stallone boxing movie, Rocky. The original, well, probably not the original boxing movie, but it's the boxing movie everybody knows. Right. So I've seen this one before and you had not seen this one, correct? I am pretty sure that I watched it like as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, There were high points that I remembered as they as they happened. I didn't really remember the fight when it got to the fight, Mm -hmm. although the movie is not really about the fight. It really is. It really is. Just like all the best. Um you know, like Cinderella Man, yeah. um, it's not so much about the fight. It's about the people. Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> and this is the story of a guy who is pretty simple, yeah. let's say. He's a slow fellow. He's not, yeah, he's not, uh, not the brightest bulb in the back or whatever, variety of things you want to say. And he's written that way. Yeah. Um, because it's just the story of a guy who, you know, seemingly missed his shot. And very little in life seems to go his way. And uh, and he makes a decision to to do a thing, to, to put in the effort to to get to that that place, and he and he survives in the ring for fifteen rounds with uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah. I I, um, I gotta say it it it's a it's a, it's a, Stallone gets so much crap for his action movie stuff, but he does, if you really see several of his other movies that aren't just Demolition Man and Rambo, Rambo may be a bad example, but they, 
he has a lot of good acting chops when he wants to, right? Hmm. And maybe it's directing too that helps him with it or whatever. But sure, like in this one, it takes a lot. He's not like that in real life. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's Rocky, like, oh Adrian. You know, that was very much mm-hmm. acting. He's very much got the lines written, and he's got to do the mannerisms and the way he talks and walks around, and he feels. Well, he. He, he wrote this movie. Oh, did he and write while, it? Okay, I didn't show you it. Granted, there's there's not a lot of like, you know, f- fancy, impressive, uh, end of the great dictator style writing. No, um, no, no, it's still it's still a story that he wrote. He's obviously not actually an idiot. Yeah, you know, the actor Sylvester Stallone. Right, and and the yeah. he uh, so a lot of those the way he just you know delivers the lines is. Very much. I mean, it's just really impressive. I thought it was just really impressive. It's, a lot of people may think it's hard to play simple, or it's easy to play simple, but it's really mm. not. Like, not to play authentically simple, right? Uh, right. I think I think Rocky Balboa. The thing I liked about Rocky Balboa, watching it this time and every time I've watched this movie, is that he's he's simple but very lovable. Like he just feels like I really like this guy, and you know. It's the little things he does that makes him that way, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, he's the hero. You're supposed to root for him. Um, and, yeah. And he doesn't have, like, a movies today, I guess, there's always the, the, the downside, the dark side, right? Like, oh, but he's really an alcoholic that beats his wife, you know? Mm. Or, or in his past, he was, you know, he was in prison for... It's really just like, he's just, he's really a good guy. And like, he didn't break, remember, he doesn't break the guy's finger because he's you know he kind of identifies right. with them and um, he's work he's working as an enforcer for a loan shark but he doesn't uh you know he doesn't actually hurt the guy that he is going after right and and he's simple there's so many i guess it's funny that this this movie has more than just rocky is simple in it by the way i think i think adrian's kind of simple as well uh, mm-hmm. and so it definitely is Polly. you know right Right. And none of the characters it's, are one dimensional ish, right? Like Polly is definitely not a straightforward. Oh, you can say this is what kind of character he is. Right. Like he's a he's kind of a stereotype of a I mean, you get a sense, at least I do, get a sense for this Italian American culture. It's very macho. It's very um seventies. The seventies are a big part of it because there's some there you know there are African American characters and they're sort of falling into stereotypes too. But all of the interactions between Rocky and Polly and Adrian, the, the all three of them, you get that like, like oh, do people are people still like this? And you know maybe in some places they still are to a lesser extent. But you you get this urban, um, you know, tight close area. Like he has this whole confrontation with Mick the um the guy who runs the gym who wants to train him now like now he wants to be his his manager you know after having no having no compassion for him earlier in the movie and you're like yeah screw this guy you know he's yeah. now that they're now that he's he might be something he's he's coming around but you know rocky eventually goes out you know he complains about it for a long time and then he goes after him and i said i was watching this with my dad and my sister and i'm like yeah at the end of the day He's only got so many friends. Yeah. Right? He only knows a handful of people because he's in this, um, you know, he's in a city, 
but he doesn't drive like he walks everywhere. So there's just a handful of people that he knows. And it's like, well, yeah, this guy was going to was going to kick him out of the gym because he's not he's not going to be anybody anymore. And now he wants to help him. And he's like, well, at least this is somebody I know. It's, he, he right. doesn't, you don't. This is all I'm projecting all of this. No, but, with Mickey, you um, know, I totally. Yeah, I, I felt that way, too. I, yeah. I was actually some things I had noticed while watching this one before was that Mickey wasn't like, yeah, Mickey was definitely like a Johnny come lately type. Oh, now you're famous. Now I'll help you. Right. I mean, kind of. I know the, the purists of Rocky favorites people will say like, well, he did say like, I hate it. The reason I, I wanted you out of my gym and I didn't like you is because you turned it to a uh, uh, loan sharks hit guy and you, mm-hmm. and I don't want that kind of p- person to be around that kind of person. But then when, and you could be amazing and I had you in here because I thought you'd be amazing. And then when he has the chance to become amazing, then Mickey's like, okay, I'll be, this is what I wanted. I would have wanted sure. to be part of. So I get that, but still it very much felt like, Oh, now I'm famous. Now you're coming. And Rocky mm-hmm. does that or Sylvester Sloan, Rocky, whatever does that really cool scene where Mickey's leaving and he's just yelling at kind of out into space in the hallway or something. Yeah. yeah. And that was, again, that was really touching kind of an emotional. He's hitting the, the door frame and just. It, it all, I think I said this while we were watching it. It all feels very genuine and real almost to a fault. Right. Where you're like, uh, why does everybody keep saying the same thing? Right. And you're like, well, Paulie has a job he doesn't like. Yep. And he wants a job like Rocky has, and he wants Rocky to help him out. Rocky doesn't want to help him out, but he doesn't want to say that. Right. And so he's given him excuses. And so he comes back with other, and he's like, you don't want that job anyway. And he's like, yeah, I don't know, but you'll talk to him for me, you know, and they go around and around and you're like, <laughs> yeah, in, in real life, people repeat themselves all the time. I'm sure longtime listeners of the show are sick of <laughs> me always telling the same stories or the same quips and anecdotes. Like, right. That's life. That's how people are. Um, and and the movie does don't usually, do that. You don't usually see it in a movie. Yeah, and and here you're right. It all it all makes the whole that kind of thing does make the whole movie very genuine. I I mm-hmm. when watching this one, I I grew up in a family that was not perfect. It, it just had. Uh, <laughs> okay. I knew a lot of people that were um, that caliber of people, I guess. I had family members were that caliber of people that were the the Paulies or the Adrian, that kind of family, or the okay, um, um, just you know the all the workers and stuff like that. Um, hmm. So very blue collar type yeah, stuff. I was going to say blue collar. I know that's a little bit of a that is a broad stroke, but of a thing. But, but yeah, yeah, that kind of very much thing. And, and I know that there were times, and I do too. I have a I have a distant cousin who. Uh, the, you know, this portrayal of Rocky reminds me of a lot. Just that kind of, I think he's got a little bit of Italian ancestry. And uh, yeah. And, and, and I just, I, I do. I think, I think everybody has some kind of sure. family memory, some member member. Some, Cause there's, there's, I know when it growing up in the eighties, I can distinctly remember uh, like family picnics and stuff. And like an aunt and uncle just start screaming and yelling at each other. Mm. And they're just, you know, <laughs> aunt so-and-so throws something at uncle so-and-so and they're just yelling and knock down drag out and, and no and everybody's just looking around like what do i do and you know yeah. what happens here and th- when that scene happened when paulie and adrian get into it i'm like is rocky gonna stand up and do something but 
it felt very genuine that like this is kind of when a family argument breaks he's out just, just kinda... he's he's awkward in that situation and yeah the the what did you think of the love story here because this is kind of the main like yes the story is sort of about him in this fight but it really feels more about this relationship that he he builds this is um talia shire she's a coppola oh really i, I didn't know, know if, that i don't know if you knew that, no, she, I didn't know that. shire is her married name oh. um she is francis ford's sister oh did not know that um so yeah i think that um actually the the main part of the movie is that and some people will say that all of the rocky movies are about family it's okay it's the, the rocky well, it's all about Rocky, but there's always major themes mm. about his family, whether it's his son, yeah, it, or it's his, um, even the future ones. It's uh, Apollo Creed's son, um, the people that are family members dying. I, anyway, this is kind of the beginning of that family with Rocky and Adrian, and he, I don't know. It's very seventies. I, I kind of <laughs> mentioned that a little bit offline that I didn't know how to approach this subject. It, to me, the yeah, way Rocky and Adrian get together feels like today he could get a cops called on. Yeah, and it's, you know, I I excuse some of that calling it culture, but that's only because I don't really know a lot about Italian-American culture in the 70s. Yeah. I know a little bit about culture in general in the 70s. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's definitely some of that. I know that um italians have a stereotype for being macho Mm -hmm. uh some might say chauvinistic um and she clearly tells him like again and again and again no i don't want to come into your house no it's not something a guy should do or girl should do with the guy on the first date right no i i don't like this i'm not comfortable with this again and again and he's like oh come on you'll be fine i'm a good guy don't i look like i'm a good guy i'll be totally i mean (laughs) if i read his lines and saw it, you would be like, this is what a, you know, rapist is going to say. Right, the date, date rape, yeah. whatever. But if you know, like, you've gotten enough of Rocky's character by this point that you know that he's not, um, he's not that way. He just, he's genuine and sincere in all that he says. And you know that she, even though Pauly brings Rocky home and doesn't tell her, and they go on a date without her having any real say in it yeah although that too like you she don't didn't re- even really want to go really know like you don't really know like at what point she could have stopped it like she sort of protests but she does eventually go all the all, all the way along right like yeah you go through this whole thing and she well whatever i don't want to get email about this but <laughs> she she says she protests but at the end of the day she does want to be with him and she ends up with him. And so it's just this personality culture kind of thing where you're like, man, her brother seems like a real ass, but, um, you know, once that happens, they're together and they're happy. She just is so reserved and so shy and has her own, whatever kind of, you know, psychological issues the way that Rocky does, Mm -hmm. um, that she needed that push to get into a place where she could allow herself to be happy. Yeah. And and that's, I know that there, I'm sure there's 
different psychologists that would or sociologists whatever we have a field day just talking about this movie yeah with the much, fact that much more educated informed uh people than i this is all exactly our opinions i i, I think but. that you know a lot of times with cinema especially in cinema and the way we can say uh the i say political or social ways responsibility we have in storytelling today is not for a writer to come and say oh this is how women just kind of need to be pushed forward they really do want to be with you and you just got to keep pushing hard and then right. and then because because the thing is is that back then rocky wasn't the only kind of movie that, that did this kind of things it was very prevalent pervasive through 50s and 60s and 70s yeah, I mean, shows. I mean, how many, you know, we watch Vertigo yeah. and... Oh, um, yeah, good one, yeah. The whole the whole relationship between um, Jimmy Stewart and... Uh, I forget the girl's name now, but... Yeah, we talked about um, this then, did, too, didn't we? We were like, how he's... And he, feels he's, like, way. dressing her up and all that. And that's not even the, like, casual things where they're, like, you know, the woman is sort of wrestling with the man kind of slapping him screaming telling him to go away and he just grabs her by the arms and a you know um, that was indiana jones clark, that was in the 80s clark gable yeah yeah clark gable kind of th yeah i mean that's that was after this yeah so um, it, it was something that was now i can look at it from the perspective i'm a 44 year old man and i can look back mm -hmm. at this and, and see the perspective of like okay back then that there was a bit of that in the culture with that kind of thing, but mm -hmm. also was the culture that way because, you know, our storytelling medium or the because things of all saw, this media, this kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, and, so. you know, this this story, this fictional story worked out this, this way for these two personalities. But, you know, you have to imagine that for every story like this, there are two or three of, you know, some macho frustrated guy and some girl who legitimately is trying to say no, yeah. um, you know, ending up in a, in an abuse or assault situation. Exactly. So, so it was, it was very difficult and you're right. We, we, the, the viewers know that Rocky is honest and kind and sweet and, 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 that, mm -hmm. and that we also know because we have perspective of hindsight and the way the story tells us is that Adrian does want this and that they do have a loving, caring, wonderful relationship that they are, you know, forever with each other. But, that's only because hindsight, you know, back at that moment when I was watching that scene, I was like, Oh, this is, this is not cool. Rocky. And then he goes in the house and he yeah. immediately takes off his shirt. And then he like, so I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, Rocky, this is not, but again, back then there was not a thing. It's just kind of what happened. So yeah, it was, that was, that was different for me, but I will say though, that once she's through that and he's through that, they have a relationship that like she's totally opened up and becomes a whole different kind of person. She's like Adrian finally. Right. And, mm -hmm. and you do see that in a lot of the other rest of the Rockies is that she builds her confidence. Um, and Rocky kind of helps her do that. You know, the fact that he's around and he's this big, tough world famous boxing fighter behemoth. Yet he is, super shy and meek like hers now he's not shy but he's super insecure mm -hmm. and he has he has one line remember when um she walks out or he tells her like oh none of that tv stuff gets to me and then he walks out and says hey you remember what i said about tv it does get to me <laughs> and he just walks away and like 
she sees that stuff. She sees it like, oh, he's yeah. just really insecure like I am too. He just right. handles it differently. Which was really touching. So, And, and then, you see her sort of um, come out of her proverbial shell Oh yeah, as, as the movie goes on and as their relationship. Uh, which, which makes the very last deepens. thing, right, with the Yo Adrian actually be mm-hmm. more than just what the caricature of it is. It, you know. It's like it's all, you know, once once he's done, you know, once he's gone the distance, once he's achieved that goal, now that she is all he cares about. Yeah. And and it really, when he's in this thing, that's what's the most important thing to him is that he gets to Adrian. Uh, mm-hmm. And none of the, all the, the lights and flashing lights and the, the stuff, it's just, where is Adrian at? So, which was you know, yeah. very touching. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I dug watching this again. I, I do because I think I see that story. That's what makes this movie good to me. Not really the boxing part. Although the boxing part yeah. was fine. It was super cool too. It was good. Yeah, you see him, you know, you get the you get the music all through. You get the the montage. My sister kept uh she kept doing stuff on her phone, which is like whatever. I'm not judging phones. <laughs> I look at my phone while I'm watching movies. Yeah. But what I can tell is like her attention will come back to the movie and then she'll ask questions. Oh yeah. She's like She's like, who's that guy with the giant hat and the American flag thing? And I'm like, that's Apollo Creed. He's been doing that for the last eight minutes. What are you, are you watching at all? You know, and then she gets all indignant. So. Right, right. But yeah, the, um, that, that, you know, the Apollo Creed is, is not in it. Carl Weathers, he's doesn't have a ton of scenes really. No, I can't after Arrested Development, I can't take him seriously. Like I never, <laughs> I had never really seen him in other stuff before that. And so I'm just. I'm waiting for him to to start talking about getting a stew going. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he he was these kind of cool parts for me growing up, and then when I saw him in like uh, Happy Gilmore, and he started doing the comedy stuff, and I was like, mm. oh, this is this is you know, which made it funny because he's you know, that is funny. Uh, so yeah, this uh, th- this was this was good for me. I liked it. Uh, I, I liked it a whole lot. All right, let's uh, let's do final judgments. I forgot to hit the spoiler bell at the beginning, but. If you've not seen this 40-year-old movie, um, 40? No, 50-year-old? Oh, 40 at least, right? 79, 77, something like that? 76. So uh, so that's 43 like years. 43 years, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you've not seen that, then we spoiled the ending, though, and also most of the plot. But if you listen <laughs> to the show a lot, you know that we do that. So sorry for not hitting the bell. Um, hey, wait, wait did, I, I, I this... wanted to say something real quick to you. I, I like just... Just a second. The boxing was just as good as the rest of the movie, too, because it wasn't like just flash. It was for five minutes. It was flashy and fighty. And then it was just an endurance battle the whole time. So, yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. OK, go ahead. Sorry. I, I couldn't help uh, sharing with my family anecdotes from when my brother-in-law. I'm not a I'm not a sports fan in general. Mm-hmm. I'm also I'm definitely not a. Marshall sports fan, whatever you call this category. Yep. Um. But I was down in Tennessee when they had the big fight between the boxer and the MMA fighter. Yeah. My internet might have just gone out. Oh, no, you're still there. Yeah. Um, and and I watched that with with them. And the, the boxer was about 10 years older than the than the MMA fighter. And I'm like, I think if they're boxing, the boxer wins because... Uh, because of the rules, because of the sport of it, he's more uh, 
acquainted with with those things and that is what ended up happening yeah uh, and I'd, I'd like that you mentioned the, the training montage too but because when that happened i was like this is why everybody does training montages because this is a perfect training montage and such a good like he gets up there and that was i think that's what i started to say with my sister not really paying attention she's like uh you know he gets up to the top of those stairs and he's like bent over winded wheezing mm-hmm. You know, probably how I would be if I tried to jump up the right. stairs. And, uh, and then he goes to this thing and he struggles and it gets, you know, it's your classic montage. A little bit of improvement in each scene. And then to the end, he's he's just moving. He's jogging up those stairs and gets up there and his fists go up and you got that, got that triumph. Yeah, and and, um, and and every every there was there were multiple like improvements improvements. It wasn't just like one little improvement. The whole thing, like all the little scenes in that montage, kept getting better and better. Like. He here he is. He's uh, punching the bag, and he's like, "Yeah, that's cool." And then he's just punching harder and faster. And like, man, that dude is awesome. And then he's doing push-ups, and then he's doing one-hand push-ups. Locker he's again. Do, he's yeah, the he's things. in the meat locker. And then you know, even when he's then running, he's doing the speed bag. Yeah, and he's running fast. And he's like, and then mm-hmm. he runs, and he's like, that dude is flying all of a sudden. And you're like, so it, by that one's over. You're like, oh yeah, this dude's awesome. There's, there's the scene where he's running and he's running, and then suddenly he just breaks into a sprint, and I'm like, oh, he looks like. Uh, he looks like Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies where he's just, <laughs> he does. you know, just sprinting. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do let's roll back to final. Roll back here, yeah. uh, is this a movie on the list because it's a it's a good, enjoyable uh, feel good, not necessarily feel good, but a good, enjoyable movie or a movie that's significant in the history of cinema? Uh, I don't know sports. We, we didn't really talk about this in that aspect, right? Like in, I don't say sports, but I know sports, but like, I don't know in the cinematic history of sports, if this stands some kind of, you know, mark, do you know that? Is it like, uh, this is the first time you see a serious sports boxing movie or, or anything. Did it have that kind of history to it that we know of? That I, I don't know. I didn't really, um, do any, any, research as far as that goes i know that the fighting all felt pretty real like you know that it's not you know it's not real like he's not actually punching carl weathers like at the very least they have uh body doubles and stuff but um the stunt doubles um his face did look beat up like right yeah like all all of that stuff looks looks really good i have to think you know for me my my reaction is that uh it's just a good, it's a good, um, you know, story, a good movie. I don't know that I would, if I was recommending somebody to watch one fighting movie, if I would have them watch this over Cinderella Man. Oh, but Cinderella Man came much later, though, right? After like four It did, rounds. it did, of course. But if I'm talking to somebody tomorrow and I'm going to say, do you watch this or do you watch Cinderella Man? I'm probably going to say Cinderella man. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. And and, and that it, that's a time thing I think, you know, just one of those things. Sure. Yeah, but, I mean for a lot of the reasons we mentioned that I don't want to get too much into because we're after the the spoiler section, but just the cultural differences. Yeah, uh okay, so I just so I clarify, I did look this up and I see that Rocky was the very first sports movie to ever win best picture for an Academy okay. Award. So that well, that's go. where it does stand historically. So I I guess putting putting this on a you, you know 
bucket list to have as like, okay, this is one of the first sports movies that made sports movies be things like Raging Bull and Field of Dreams and Cinderella Man and all the other ones that came after was because we had a Rocky. Um, so that, sure. But I don't think, if I vote here for this one, I vote it's that you watch it because it's an entertaining show. This is actually a genuinely entertaining show. Uh, whether you're a sports fan or not, I think it's a, a human personal story. And it's not all about, definitely not all about boxing. Right. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah. It's the, the uh, you know, some, some things are, remember the Titan. Well, I guess remember the Titan's a bad thing. But you, you watch, you know, Field of Dreams and it's his love of the game and of baseball and and it's kind of a baseball centered movie. This this could have been different sport probably and it would have been fine. It probably would have had the same kind of impact. Maybe not, but I'm I'm now trying to think of I mean there are so many sports movies out there and I think most of them especially the good ones are about people. Right. I mean, it's like we talked about with Jurassic Park. Like, if you just put photorealistic dinosaurs on screen, like, that's impressive, but it's not a story. Right. Um, you can go watch NFL films to watch a, a football thing that's pretty entertaining, but... Yeah. Yeah. It, it It is... You know what? That's exactly why we have these reality shows we have today, is that people don't want to just watch, like, an amazing race. They want to hear all about these people's back live stories and where they come from, or American Ninja Warriors. They don't want to just watch them do the thing. They want to hear all their sad story that they got up to this point, because it's the human element that matters. Yeah. Right. yeah. Which which makes sense. So yeah, Rocky. Rocky's a good one, a good entertaining one to watch. Be like people of stories, and it's a good time period piece of being in the 70s as well. Sure. All right, so what do we got next? What's after that? All right, next week we're going full comedy. Well, full comedy. With... Uh... Office Space. Wow, is that full comedy? I don't think it's full comedy. I um, I believe you have my stapler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess about every scene in there is just about comedy, isn't it? They're not really trying to tell you too much. You know, when I first watched this movie, I, I was amazed that Jennifer Aniston was. I said, "Wait, she's in this?" Because it feels like a very much like a B budget movie type thing. Uh, I think. I think this movie was, was it pre-Friends? No, it was definitely post-Friends. Okay. Yeah, because I remember I knew her, and I was like, she was doing other big movies. So I was thinking like that. I thought that this would be something that you know, she did. But no, she was great. She was fine in it. They, they didn't necessarily need Jennifer Aniston in it, but save the budget. Maybe. It's, it's right in the middle. Is it? Yeah. She was Friends went from it. 94 to 04, and Office Space was made in 99. So... Right in the middle. Right when she's at her height of... Getting close to that, the peak of that yeah. friend's, friend's fame. But really, she is super minimal to the story. Or to any of the funniness. <laughs> right, right. Chotsky's about her. Own. All right, looking forward to that one. What's the guy that's in there, that too? There, He's, he's he, in... Um, flair. Who's the guy that's like his... Is it his roommate? He's got the, the mustache. Um, That guy's on Veep, too, and he's in... So many other things. Oh, it was with I, Drew Carey on a lot of the Drew Carey show. I don't stuff. think I got that far into Veep. That's um, that character's name is Lawrence. Yeah, that actor is genuinely funny in a lot hey, of things. Hey, he Peter does. Man. All right, so obviously we have both seen this movie. Yeah, at okay. least so, at so least a it'll be a fun time to watch it again. But. 
yeah, we'll we'll maybe try and approach this from its place in time because it's now sort of a period piece, being uh, the IT industry just pre Y two K. Oh yes, yeah, not yeah. a thing any of the millennials will remember. But uh, you know, most people was, won't even understand the, the whole printer thing, right? <laughs> yeah yeah exactly everybody's got printers that work now I guess. or, or they don't even use um, printers really i mean well that's true they don't have to interact with as much paper depending on their on their yeah. job but we'll save that for next week um what else i have some stuff here let's talk a little bit about uh let's call it portable gaming okay so oh, okay yeah, some, yeah, new, some news came out last week or the week before um, the company, ooh, for a second, I thought I had their name. They're the, the guys doing Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, anyway, they are going to put Divinity Original Sin 2 on the Switch. Oh, it's Larian Studios. Uh, Larian, that's right. Um, I know that you don't have a Switch, but you've probably played Trotsky's mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever, either handheld or multiple player which is one of the key features people say i've only ever played mine handheld Mm -hmm. um which makes me think i could have held out for a switch light but i'm not you know sorry that i bought it when i did i had Mm -hmm. a big car ride we talked about that a couple months ago um what do you think about that would you play divinity original sin 2 did you play it on your uh steam pass steam link no and the answer is no, I would not play this. I, I bought, I bought uh, at one point, I bought it when they redid it, the Baldur's Gate for the, the iOS. And I played it, put it on my iPad and I knew very quickly, like, this is great. This is exactly what you could have asked for. Nah, don't want to play it. This is not what, for me, maybe a handheld system is for. I mean, I, I use handheld systems for short-ish game play experiences that I can like, um, I don't have to be too immersed in that I can, Mm. that outside stimulant, you know, doesn't bother me too much, but those games take a lot of, they take a lot of minutia and stat going and item swapping. That's that's sort of my, that's sort of where I'm coming at it too. Like I have, um, I have Breath of the Wild and Diablo three, among other things. Yep. Those are my two big ones. And I also bought, uh, the Marvel one. Um, oh, yeah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Ultimate Alliance 3. Uh, so that our buddy Fox and I could play, which we only did once. But I still want to play that game. And I will buy time. that game. Um, and I much more, when I, for the first couple months that I had it, I played more Diablo than anything else, Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. Because I can open up Diablo and I can be just slaughtering demons. And I can still be sort of listening to what's going on if people are watching TV or... You know, I can almost listen to an audiobook while I'm doing it. Um, Divinity Original Sin 2 takes so much focus. Like, it's turn-based combat, so you got to be kind of strategic. And when you're not in combat, you want to be paying attention to the story so you can do all this conversation stuff and all these save loads. Um, it's just not the way that I use the Switch. Yeah, and, and or like, a, like an iOS, it just doesn't, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Feel it felt really. It just feels really weird. But I'll tell you what. That's not the real big thing about that that thing happening. It's not that it's on the switch. I think the biggest thing is that somewhere somebody from uh, Steam 
and Nintendo got into a room and were like, hey, uh, you want to make this like available to you can play it on both platforms and, hmm. you know, with cross platform with your thing. And they're like, yeah, sure. And they walked out of there with an, a deal and it was not a big thing. So you can play, you know, I can, and it's not cross platform. I can't play my switch people with my steam people, but if I own it on steam, I own it on switch. Right. Which that's amazing. Right. I mean, that's how everyone in the world thinks it should work. Yeah. Like buy the license ones and whatever platform you want to play on, uh, you're good. And they don't really make a big deal about that. They're just like, again, somebody went for a meeting. They had a nice lunch with the guy down at Steam and Nintendo. And they're like, hey, uh, yeah, you want to meet for like a thing? Uh, <laughs> some, some poor boys. I'm like, yeah, this is great. I'm like, hey, why don't we just do this? Like, yeah, that makes sense, man. All right, cool. We're just sorry. And they sent the papers over, signed it, and no big deal, and walked away for the day. And you're like, wow, why can't everything be like that? <laughs> you know? Well, I understand that depending on the game, depending on the platform, like porting a game, um, we, we used to say porting a lot and we don't really um porting a game to another platform is generally non-trivial like unless you're building your game in unity or something that has has done a lot of the the heavy lifting um for that already it i mean it depends on how different it is right like um if your game runs on windows um then it's there's probably a lot of uh, architecture parity with xbox right because it's yep. another microsoft architecture right um and, this and one, some but this one and was some of the, the switch and the pc yeah that, that just does not seem like it should be a, a thing that you know the switch seems very specialized that they would have very customized things that you have to make for them i mean they've definitely been going after more third-party stuff than like the wii and the wii u did which is which is good for that platform right i mean good but, good on, good on both of those people for doing that it, it just yeah i guess my my real thought process there is that it's not only possible it's just it the whole interaction felt trivial like that like mm. yeah we just do a thing and it's part it's of our, like, our business oh and, yeah here's the thing and it's on the it's on the thing it's no big deal yeah we and so it can happen for everything else if they just made the deals <laughs> right right um the other topic in in portable gaming is this oh in my notes i have ios game pass that's not what it's called uh, apple Ar arcade. arcade yeah that's it so as i understand it and i haven't done a ton of research on this but it's a new thing subscription apple is offering where you pay five dollars a month there are several several uh, uh points here that are maybe conversation worthy um $5 a month and you get access to a curated selection of games that are just included. You don't have to buy them and hopefully they're not microtransaction heavy free-to-play money funnels that are not really games. If it's yeah. a curated list and they've got people at Apple curating the list, you hope that they're going to be, you know, solid picks. Right. Um, they're included in the subscription just like, you know, uh, PlayStation or Sony has their thing. Um, Microsoft is doing their Game Pass thing for Xbox and then a separate one for Windows where they've got a library of games. People are trying to get on the subscription model. Um, it's a moneymaker. Be because in a lot of ways, it's um, it can be a win-win. You know, if you're if you're a player, you're like, yeah, I can I can try more things and I don't have to, you know, instead of spending 
$2 on a game, $3, $5 on a game, or spend nothing on a game. And then if I like it, spend $5 on gems and still be nowhere with it. And just, you have no idea. You're just like, yeah, it's $5 a month. And, and I play whatever, and it's all going to be good. I, it might not be for me, but at least somebody thinks it's good. The other piece that I heard about this is that they're going to support the console controllers, the mm-hmm. um, PlayStation and Xbox uh, controllers, which seems kind of huge to me. Like, I've done some things. I played... What did I play? Well, there's the uh, PlayStation 4 remote play thing. Yeah, uh, the... Uh... Yeah, it's called? called remote PlayStation remote. Rem- play, yeah. PlayStation remote. Yeah. Um, but I don't have a MiFi controller that works with my current phone. I got a couple of them when I was doing uh, Game Boy Advance emulators, but that was my previous phone that was a smaller form factor. And so I'm like, uh, do I spend twenty, thirty, seventy dollars on a gamepad just for this one kind of feature where I can sort of maybe play Spider-Man on my phone right. or just go downstairs and play on the TV. Like, Yeah, for sure. Um, but being able to use the same controller is potentially huge. So, so yeah, I've been talking for a while. Let's, what do you got? So I, I had done a little bit of reading on this kind of a thing. Uh, first off, I will say that I, I kind of knew about this ahead of time. The thing that, that let me know about it was the controller thing. You said that it's exactly what, what I had heard first was that, Hey, Coming in iOS 13, you're going to be able to use my PlayStation controller with my uh, iPad. And I thought that can't be right because that sounds amazing. And there's so many games that I would want to use that for, if not namely Steam Link um, that, that I have. And I could play, you know, right, sit right. my PC games with my controller, which I do on my TV, but through my iPad in the bedroom or anywhere else I want to mm-hmm. downstairs. So um, I went ahead and I was... I don't want to get into too much, too much. I was going to get it on my iPad and go ahead and get the beta uh, for iOS 13 okay. on, on my iPad. But we're, we use my iPad to play um, Lord of the Rings, whatever game. And oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did. I, I'm, that's like a protected device for me right now. I don't want to even mess mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. on it. So I was that's like, a, oh. that's a production site. Yeah, it's a production site. So I don't really install mess. Install any beta. So I was like, there. oh, man. So I went ahead and put it on my phone. Um, okay. And uh, I was like, fine, I'll put it on my phone. And I immediately put synced up my Bluetooth controller my, with my PlayStation controller very mm-hmm. simply, no problem nice. whatsoever. Just, you just you know, click the, the, the sync button, on, hold it on my PlayStation, it shows up under Bluetooth. Um, and, nice. and I immediately play my Steam Link on it, all the games, like played um, Hollow Knight and uh, some other things. And I was like, this is... No lag, totally perfect, absolutely wonderful. I just from wish the it was Steam Link app on your phone. On my phone, right? Got it. And and it was you know seamless, no lag, anything. Um, so then I loaded up a few other games, and it just worked flawlessly without a problem. The only problem was it was you know playing on my phone instead of on my iPad, which I wanted to be playing. Sure. Uh, so I stopped then. But let me tell you, that makes a huge difference that I can have an actual arcade controller games. Okay, so that's that's the controller thing. That's a big thing. Um, a couple things is that uh, Apple says that they're going to have for this thing for five dollars a month. They're going to mm-hmm. launch with a hundred games that you can have, and they are all handpicked by Apple. It feels like too many. It does feel like too many. I, you know that most of those are going to be just junky things, right? Like where's my water or something. 
Um, <laughs> the but um, none of them will have in-app purchases. None of them will have micro tractions or in-app purchases. That's so, good. So they're supposedly full games, and they're downloadable. They're they're not just possibly downloadable, but they you have to download them. So it's not like Stadia where it's streaming the game. It's you totally say this is playable. And a huge thing, I know it's going to be for our buddy Trotsky, is that it's you don't have to be online. You could be out camping and play your your um, Apple Arcade game, games up. Yeah, I mean that's that's good. Your your phone is more online than say a Switch, where right. the Switch. This is the thing. Before I bought the Switch, I thought that I would do all uh, digital download games because I'm like I don't want to deal with a bunch of little memory chip games that could get lost or whatever mm -hmm. um but when you first load up a purchased game it has to connect to wi-fi and verify yeah. your purchase it's part of their like drm system and if you're playing diablo which diablo on the pc you cannot do anything with unless you're online that exactly, was a big, yeah. uh rage nerd rage thing back in 2012 but um on the switch it will play offline and it just has to sync periodically. Um, and you can pair it to your phone. At least I can. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's an option, but it's, it's not ideal. Your phone, you kind of think it's, it usually is online, but of course there are a lot of people I think who play games um, on iPads or, or whatever. And if they're, you know, if it's a kid, a child and they have a device, they probably have, um, restrictions on the Wi-Fi and stuff like that, and so yeah, if a game doesn't need to call home, it uh, or you know run on a remote server in some way, it shouldn't have to be online all the time. Totally, and but every game on the on the Apple world is right. I it's crazy. I play total single player games and don't even play any multiplayer part of it, and it's so yeah, it wants to like call to Game Center and. Yeah. sync up your achievements and all of that. Yeah, and it's like, sorry, you, you must be connected. So, which really bothers me. But, so, they, this, I think they're going, what they're shooting for is very much like the kind of games that you get with PlayStation Plus. Like, they, sure. they are good games. And they're like a lot of indie games that you would, you know, not necessarily, they would be $20 games if you bought them. Hmm. Right, type things. Or, or on iOS I mean, is 10 bucks, you know. Yeah, I know I have that problem where I'm like, I don't really want to do a microtransaction quote unquote game. I'm like, I don't, I also don't want to drop $10, even though it's $10, but like yeah. a $10 uh, iOS game feels super expensive. It does. Because so there's, funny. there's so many quote unquote free games. And I'm like, I am not going to drop $10, $14, depending on what it is, an old Final Fantasy re report to iOS or something like that. Um, not report, just port. Sure. Yeah. Um, without knowing, like clearly, that's for people who played it on the GameCube or whatever. We're like, heck yeah, fifteen bucks. And yeah. I'm like, I've never played this. I can't just drop fifteen dollars if I if I think there's a chance I'm going to play it for thirty seconds and then hate it. Right. I, I will say that right. five dollars is my is my amount of of I O what I call I O U amount. It's the um I I play a game and if I'm enjoying it. I should spend five dollars in their in-app store. Like mm -hmm. I, I mean, I I I think, or sometimes even ten dollars. I when I played like the the Marvel 
game, one of the ones, or a couple of the Marvel games that I played, I played for a long time. And they were definitely like little grindy games or the, like the match three game or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I played it so much. I'm like, yeah, I should probably buy this $10, uh, you know, <laughs> starter pack. You know, it's just kind of financing the game and, and I should pay for the things that I'm enjoying. Sure. Uh, so $5 is definitely like a, if I'm playing it for two to three weeks, pay $5 for that thing, Michael. It's not that big a deal. So <laughs> this is going to give me way better kind of things without in-app purchases and like the freemium models. Um, for five bucks, I, I don't see how I'm not going to be just total have subscribed to it. Like, I don't I don't know how that's not going to be a thing that I just don't do. I'm sure one of those games once a month will be something <laughs> that I would find worth. It's going to be something for. you like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's cool. We'll uh, we'll have to come back to this in a few months and see. Yeah. Got I, and I, some and recommendations it sounds like you and I were were like kind of just you know bullying it up or pumping it up. But I don't think that either of us had come into those these kind of things with preferences. It just there's not a lot of downsides here so far. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the last uh ios game that i played and enjoyed which is kind of a thing let me let me look right here um, I, I mean i can tell you right now like i've got my phone here in front of me i can pull up the apple arcade in the app store and you can even see what because it's the remember it's the upgraded uh thing and it's got mm-hmm. and you can try it for free i guess uh only on the arcade there's you can see a lot of the games there's lego games here and um, yeah, yeah I played games. I played Eternium for a little while. That was okay. Apple, yeah. It didn't it didn't feel like it was trying to get my money. I played Doctor Mario World for a minute. That felt like Doctor Mario ish. Uh, I played a Pokemon Match Three game that was not bad. It was unlike Marvel Puzzle Quest, which somehow managed to take a Match Three and make it slow and boring. Um, this one was just simple and straightforward. It looks very. Uh, Japanese, but uh, I played it for a little. Man, bit. I, yeah, I haven't I haven't touched any of those in months. Now I'm playing Classic WoW, so it's not yeah, a great sure. uh, example there. I've not played anything other than that, games wise, because I don't have any extra game video game time. But uh, I got I got to say, I, I just opened up Apple Arcade and just flip, you can see see all the games, and it's right. not just a list. It's like as you scroll down, there's little trailers that kind of auto play as you scroll down, and these sure. these look good. Like at least mildly entertaining that I would like one of them looks like a Contra kind of type game where if I had a controller, hmm. I'd be playing with it. And this is another sure. space game and uh, a roguelike card builder type thing. Uh, Rayman minis. So these look pretty great for again for five bucks. So anyway, uh, I, I don't I guess what I was saying is that you and I aren't just like we're not paid by Apple in any way for this. It just so far looks for five dollars. Man, what do you spend for five dollars these days? You can't even get a burger for five bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's at least worth trying if you have any interest at all in playing games on your phone. Yeah, definitely. Ugh. Well, mobile iOS stuff. They are getting. New, they are having stuff. a new phone come out too, which is like their new new thing. So. Yeah, they did their their thing a couple weeks ago. Heck, if I get um, if I get a, if I get a, if I get a new phone, which I might be, it's been several years, then this is probably a good time to get that arcade on a new phone and everything. So. Nice, nice. Um, okay, we don't have a ton of time here, and I know that we are we're in early September, so we got about two months, give or take, before BlizzCon, the big Blizzard conference right. that they do in Anaheim every year. Um, I just wanted to briefly, we don't, 
I know that we've talked a lot about video games the last couple of weeks, but we don't, we're not big gamer gamers. Um, we don't follow a lot of this news too closely, but uh, I do listen to a couple of podcasts that talk about uh, Blizzard games. And so I've been curious about this kind of stuff. Um, last year's BlizzCon, we talked about this because I think you and I were both fairly excited for a mobile Diablo. And the audience of people, the type of person who goes to Anaheim for BlizzCon, is not a mobile gamer. They are a PC gamer. Yeah. And so right. yeah, very, sure. very poorly received in a year when Blizzard had no other announcements. Right. I mean... They have minor announcements for their games of service games. Uh, those are Hearthstone, Overwatch, and Heroes of the Storm. They all are all three of those properties are constantly releasing uh, new chapters and stories in Hearthstone, new heroes in um, Overwatch, new like cinematics and stories. And um, Heroes of the Storm is frequently making new maps, new heroes new events sometimes they'll do major changes to um some element of the gameplay uh but no no new wow expansion no new quote-unquote real diablo game and so pretty negative overall reaction to last year's blizzcon and so there's been a lot of speculation um and several major events at blizzard that have you know fueled that speculation and rumors to say what are they going to say this year? They announced early in the year that there would be no new game launches in 2019. And so people are expecting, if not launches, then announcements at or around BlizzCon. Sometimes they do weird things where they'll announce, one of the teams will announce something and it'll be like three weeks before BlizzCon. And like, why didn't you wait for that? And they're just not, you yeah. know, it's not, not part of their their schedule or whatever. But um, I wanted to hear your, in as much as you are aware of the various Blizzard games, um, what do you think are some are some likely, like realistic, likely things that they they may announce? Um, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm not. This is a difficult one because I used to be a big Blizzard fan, and I still right. admire Blizzard a lot, and still see them as a quality product. But my, as you and I have said it so, several times, my way I have to handle say handles a terrible word, but <laughs> deal with any kind of Blizzard hype is not have hype at all. And sure. and BlizzCon seems like the the antithesis of that. I, 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 it's hard for me to, to watch a thing like Diablo Legends and say like, wow, that's something I'm interested in. Where can I get a hold of this? And they're like, hmm. in three years, you can, if we don't, <laughs> if we don't trash it. Because, I mean, honestly, you see like Star Trek Go- or Starcraft Ghosts and right. you're like, you know, oh, this is something that sounds amazing. And here we'll show you a little bit of a demo. And you're like, oh, this is so cool. Let's, when can I get my hands on this? Or like in, in a year and a half. And then they, they don't do it at all. And then, uh, and then it doesn't happen, it which doesn't is happen. why over the years they've gotten more and more um, conservative in those early announcements, because I think they teased Diablo three and then it was a good like at least two years before it came out. And so they've gotten to where now instead of doing that, they're not announcing things. So yeah. they the only new thing they announced again last year was was Diablo Immortal before that. The last new property that they released was Overwatch, mm-hmm. and 
Um, I think after Overwatch, they did the Diablo 3 Necromancer, which was a very small content patch for Diablo, a game that doesn't really do big content patches. They had one expansion. Um, And then, you know, whatever. Before that, they had Heroes of the Storm. Before Heroes, they had um, the Diablo 3 expansion, which I think came after Hearthstone. Um, But... You know, Overwatch has been almost three years ago now. Yeah. Um, so for me, for the realistic uh, things, I think it's been long enough and they're at least going to announce Diablo 4. Maybe give us some kind of teaser taste of what that's going to look like. Yeah. At least I hope that and I don't think that's a outlandish hope. Um, and then I think we're probably going to get some information about what the next uh, WoW expansion is going to be. It's a little bit, um, you know, there's extra speculation about that now with the release of WoW Classic, right? right? They might they might have some WoW Classic announcement. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I, do you think they would? Like, how, how did, because I know that this WoW Classic experiment is a very big experiment thing to do in the first place. And while I think it generally was, it was a success, at least on launch day, there's no way they anyone could have told if that was going to be a success or not. And then Blizzard works in geological time. So they don't like say, Oh, this is a success. Okay. Next month we're going yeah, to announce something. That, that one's a, that one's a maybe. I think, I think the the next expansion for while retail is fairly likely um, up there with Diablo four. And then other than that, I don't know. I've heard, um, I've heard rumors of some kind of overwatch two. Uh, I think the, well, the StarCraft IP has been dormant for a long time, but we found out through rumors, leaks, whatever, that they were working on a, what was it? It was a, was it a PVE, like squad shooter mm-hmm. um, in the StarCraft universe that got scrapped, like they couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be. Um, so probably no StarCraft uh, property. Um, I hope that they learned from last year and don't announce any more mobile games or if they do it's just kind of a oh and also this behind something actually big to get the the pc master race kids distracted um so that was that was part of that i don't think either of us are really plugged in enough to have uh really informed opinions on that but i did want to throw out um the sort of blue skies like dream fantasy sure like what do you what do you wish they would announce even if you think it's something they would never do but ideally something that was right at least in the realm of possibility the the, taking taking a quick step back here i I did want to say that i I wish that uh, this is the way they did diablo infinite just kind of immortal immortal sorry immortal makes it uh um, and it's the way they do a lot of their stuff in the past it has been all made for the pc master race kids is that they is that they they're used to like getting uh, information and then having to wait a long time for whatever it might be and having sure. hitches and stuff. Uh, everybody else is not. I, it would be nice, but when you're selling to the crowd that is the mobile gamers, then you need to have a whole different kind of marketing tactic. And oh, that marketing yeah. tactic is exactly what Apple does. Is which is I hate praising Apple twice in mm. one night, but <laughs> um, is that they will announce a new thing, tell you all about it, and then in two weeks later it's there. 
Yeah. Right. And, and you know, they have a lot more to hide and uh, to get and people looking sure. at them than anyone else. Blizzard should be able to keep things under wrap, keep things going, and then not give an announcement and say, and by the way, it'll be here for Christmas time. Especially or, if it's something people aren't expecting. I think. Yeah, or next year's Christmas or whatever it might be. Announce it at each time or whatever it might be. Just to do a little benefit of the doubt, devil's advocate here, I think maybe they had a certain thing in mind when they announced Diablo Immortal, and then the reaction was so negative that it's likely that they went back you know, to the, to the, not to the drawing board, but went back and were like, okay, this needs to be better than it is. We can't release it like this now. It's got to be amazing. I mean, that, that's, that, that's all conjecture on my part. Right. That, that, that tends to be what the, what the, the internet fanboys would want to, to hear too. I, I don't know if that's how much companies actually listen to that as opposed to, like I mean, it's a, it's a natural reaction, right? Like if a thing is not, if the thing that you want is not out yet, you hope that they're making it better. Well, of course, yeah, and, and I and I know that that in the longer they take the the fanboys are going to be like we were, you know, we are the ones that fixed it because we outcried at something we hadn't even seen yet. But that, that's or, that's Blizzard's or they fault. go the other way and are like, yeah, good, scrap it. Nobody wanted it anyway. Exactly, but Blizzard. That's that's all. I want to say that's on Blizzard's fault it's because th- this this way of them dropping one big thing and then never talking about it again is kind of crazy. I mean. There's a game I'm I want to play, and I'm not sure if it's going to be good or not. But um, the it's the Diablo one, Tor- Torchlight Frontiers, and okay. and I, it's not like oh my god I want to play it, but it's something I'm interested in, and it was announced. And I can go periodically and look at their website, and they've announced a new class, and then they've got videos on that class and its new powers, and then they've overhauled lighting, not lighting, but some kind of other gameplay mechanic. And you're like, it just gives teases me enough. That I keep wanting to play this game and see learning about it, sure. and then, but but they what they do is that like look at this awesome thing. And they do a great probably cinematic that's beautiful and amazing, yeah, and then they're like a, don't talk. That's about a thing it. smaller studios do a lot. I mean, I've followed, I've kickstarted a couple video games MMOs, and they're like constantly putting out, not constantly, but like every couple weeks, every month or so, some new thing. They're like we revamped this system, that this and that and the other, and of yeah. course this Diablo Immortal thing is a unique. Sin- uh, situation where it's not actually being developed by blizzard it's uh oh is that um, true okay Another one. i want to say 10 cent it's not 10 cent it's um it's, it's a mobile studio that they worked with it's not right is it no. something <laughs> no right. no because because riot is is pc also they yeah, have yeah. a different studio doing the mobile but anyway oh, what, my, uh, my cloud in the sky thing um yeah yeah I mean, I I think I might have said this before, is that I'd, I'd like to see another IP. Um, I didn't get to participate in the the Overwatch crossovers with uh, Heroes of the Storm, but I like the Heroes of the Storm con- concept that they have multiple things in one game or that you can see. Yeah, it's I, it, that, it's that be, Smash Brothers kind of idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I dig that. And it would be even cooler to see that kind of a thing in the Overwatch world. Like I, I'd like to see Overwatch have Sarah Kerrigan come in. You know oh, what I, mean? I see. And, I see in their game stuff like that, and then be able to. That would be cool. I like that Overwatch has a a huge roster now of tons of characters that are all original and really neat. But yeah, I mean, it's the first time they've done a new IP since Warcraft. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, uh, Heroes of the Storm is there. It's not a new IP, but it's kind of is. I mean, it's got its own little story thing. It's a new concept built. I mean, they they have finally added new, completely unique characters that are oh, not from they? other IPs. But oh, the whole cool. the whole concept is this this Smash Brothers kind of like we're taking characters from other IPs. Like I think before Overwatch, I mean, they did new stuff, right? The story in World of Warcraft is always evolving and mm-hmm. adding new characters and new lore, but as far as like fully new, not based on anything else that they did before, um, I, I think it. Well, StarCraft came out after the original Warcraft games, so mm-hmm. StarCraft was probably the newest before Overwatch. Right. Well, I, I, I would my pie in the sky would definitely be uh, an Overwatch Heroes of the Storm mix up type thing, and. You know, being able to see a Diablo play a Diablo as a tank, you know, in that game or something, and mm. like that could that could just blow up all of their stuff. I mean, they they that would probably uh, warrant a, an Overwatch two or or call it Overwatch Heroes of the Storm or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, but that yeah, that would be my pie in the sky. That that's never going to happen, but <laughs> or at least never in a surprise kind of way, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, yes, some something new. Not I, I don't want to. I'm not really big on seeing sequels or a four or a five or a three or a two. I'm like I love them. I'll play them. I'll probably buy a Diablo four or whatever it might be. But eh, it's, and I don't want to say I'd like to not see the same old same old that we just keep having. You know, rehash. Sure, I know for me, Overwatch is definitely my least played Blizzard game. Sure. Um, that really has more to do with it being a first-person shooter than it being a fully new IP. Um, I think, well, what I'm going to say right now, and this wouldn't have been true six months ago, or maybe a year ago, maybe not, whatever, that's not important. Um, It's fresh in my mind because I'm playing WoW Classic and was recently playing, within the last two years, playing... uh, um, wow retail wow prime mm-hmm. as some people call it um i oh here here we go i i thought i thought i didn't have something for this but i do a lot of people are talking about a new like wow 2 which is a weird thing because wow has had like three distinct eras in its yeah. you know eight expansions yeah. um i what I wish they would do, and they'll probably never do, but either make a completely new MMO, which I don't see them doing, yeah. or now that they have WoW Classic, like fully change some things about WoW that people think of as essential to the experience. I'm talking about things like break the faction divide. Sure. So that ever that like we're all just players playing together and maybe they're you know they're still battlegrounds like games without factions have battlegrounds right without factions the way wow does it where you can't even chat with people on the other side um they're just like your guild picks the the red faction and somebody else's guild picks the blue faction and now when you go into battlegrounds you fight against each other you could still get that pvp experience but for everything else like you can talk to everybody you can do the same. You can go to the same towns. They'll never do that, but I think that would be cool. Do you, do you think that Warcraft is defined by orcs versus humans, meaning that it's alliance versus horde, that that is something that 
you cannot change, and then you, if you do, you no longer have Warcraft. Because I mean, I mean, sure some people will say that, right? Some people say that. Obviously, I don't think that based on my right. my suggestion. I mean, if you go back in the history of of the expansions, um, the narrative of most expansions has either been um, some there's some little stuff happening side by side, but when it comes down to it. You know, there's some big dragon or giant demon or whatever that's threatening, whatever. And the, you know, the two sides put their conflict on hold for the sake of this common enemy um, and then go back to it. The There's a lot of story in this in this latest expansion, but I just think it's I don't know. It feels tired and old, especially in an era where things happening in the real world are so polarizing. Yeah. It makes me sad to see this, like the only way that people could, could think of like, um, getting players to work together is to have this common enemy, you know, like we're, yeah. uh, um, that episode of Star Trek where they, they recreate, uh, national socialism mm-hmm. against another alien so that, the the people on the planet will become efficient and and cooperate for the sake of fighting this common enemy yeah like i mean i mean i mean honestly that's that it's more that's more realistic to things but i think that uh that world i agree with you it would be neat to see it would be very neat to see a, a wow expansion almost would get me to resubscribe for a little bit for at least a month to see <laughs> oh, the horde and the alliance end things and that be over and then enter into a new era of Warcraft because it doesn't just have to be horde alliance it can literally be the the monster of the week that's okay um, and everything's in peace and harmony and then you know uh, uh, something comes and is, re- and is released and then you're fighting then the world is fighting and is at war. It doesn't have to be the war of the the two factions all the time. And that's very, very tired. Like, every time I think that, like, okay, night elves are forever going to be mortal enemies with, you know, the other guys and, like, orcs. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, there there are all these things, especially in a lot of the narrative of the latest expansion with, you know, them taking Sylvanas to become, like, really straightforward evil. And you're like, even the orcs are not super on board with this. And you're like... Yeah, like what is the what is the thing that keeps night elves and Torin from getting along? Like they're both nature focused kind of yeah. Not, if not peaceful, like they have a lot of shared interests and they're on the same continent um as opposed to like humans and and gnomes. Like right. you know, what what keeps that it becomes very uh you know, forced like it's definitely forced. Like, it feels like you have to yeah. judge, uh, justify it in some way. You're like, yeah, well, we've got to have this split to make this thing work. So, um, I, I think that they, they they would never do that one simply for at least in this iteration, they would have to do a, a World of Warcraft two type game. thing yeah. because there's no way that ha- they would have to change the whole game to all every quest that references a war that's happening. You know, what I mean, yeah. like if, if you're in level 25 and there, you know, you're fighting to get the orc encampment against the orc encampment, it's like, well, the war's over. Why is there orc encampments? You know, why are we going to war with the orcs? Right. It has to, it, yeah, all of that stuff has to be redone for like 
more localized conflict and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, so, so, so they would have to do a lot more work for that. Right? Yeah, that's my thing. Either that or just do a whole new thing. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, I would have said I would love to see a world of StarCraft. Sure. I, I don't see them ever doing that. I don't think there's enough lore in that world. Even though it's a sci-fi world, it feels like, and it's Blizzard, like they could just write the lore mm-hmm. if they want the lore. But it's... I mean, a lot of people said the same exact thing about um, Warcraft. I mean, before Warcraft, Warcraft like before the, Warcraft 3, there was just like, you know... Yeah, just Warcraft 1 and 2 were really simple in terms right. of in terms of story. And, and Warcraft could, 3 had some things, you know. You know, there's no... I mean, definitely other companies have done shooter-style um, MMOs. Uh, like Planet I, Side and such, yeah. Planet Side and um, Warframe and yeah. and some of that stuff where it could be, it could be similar. Um, I mean, those, are, those would you, be like, really cool. Those would be cool. So like a big MMO. I would like to see a multiplayer something, but not the same kind, like a fantasy MMO type thing. I mean, yeah, obviously it would be it would be different from. From a fantasy. Yeah, I, I honestly think that there will never be a WoW 2. And you can write that down. I mean, mm-hmm. there was an EverQuest 2, and it, and it was just never... I mean, it was better in every way than EverQuest 1. It just and was everybody like, stayed, yeah. Yeah, they stayed at 1, and then eventually they just were like, eh, hey, look, WoW's coming out. Yeah, like they would have to... Um, change IPs. They just have to change... Even if it was the, Diab- World of Diablo, that, would, that may be yeah. different. But. What's the word... Mo- not moonlight what's the word for when you you shut something down like scuttle uh, it not, yeah i feel like there's a there's a word that has light in it but uh, yeah. whatever right. um yeah they would have to end of life uh wow retail in a couple years and then have whatever the new thing is next to wow classic which then you're like what's the point why don't they just let the let that group of people play WoW Classic and keep going forward with, you know, hopefully some lessons learned from that. Oh, WoW I don't know. I, I think that um, you could do, because even though I wouldn't say EverQuest 2 was, you know, was rousing success of what one was, uh, Sony Online, SOE did do for a long time. It's like they had that, they had the Matrix, they had... Um, several MMOs that you just paid one subscription fee and you got access to all of them. It's just like what they're doing now with WoW and WoW Classic. You just pay WoW one. Classic. So yeah. if they if they did like World of Starcraft or World of Diablo or something like that, they could totally launch. What would probably prompt that is when WoW Prime's numbers started to slip where it wasn't as tenable for like profit that they mm-hmm. wanted, right? They would want to hit those price margins. So so they could say, hey, okay, so let's dump money into another MMO, uh, make it our prime MMO, and by the way, you also get WoW Prime and WoW Classic. Right. You know I mean? So and, and then that would be their star thing, but it could not be Warcraft. It would have to be this thing and then plus Warcraft plus Warcraft, you know. I think also it could be cool if they do something completely new. I don't know. Oh, what that of course, of course, that would. I mean. My other kind of not not necessarily huge dream, but maybe huge dream at this point. I would love to see them do something to make uh, to make Heroes of the Storm come back. Like it hasn't gone anywhere. Like they're still doing events, and they just did a they're doing a thing that's like 
kind of gangster themed now with with white mane and the scar does, it, you does know, that game have like a whole bunch of maps or is it still like yes okay it does i i remember correct me if I'm wrong it's been a long time since i played these games like league of legend had like three or five maps but really it was just like just two maps that you played. i this. never saw it have any more than three and they were very distinct there was like a five versus five map a three yes. versus three map and then a kind of in-between map that was round and you had to hold points or whatever. Yes, yes. So, Her- so Heroes has always has been, been defined by having um, maps with objectives that are a major thing. Like, you can't just fight. You have to be, you know, participating in the objective in some way. And they're up to enough of those maps that the the ladder mode, the, the ranked play, mm-hmm. only has some of them. Like, okay. only... Five or six of the maps are in ranked play. Okay. Um, they rotate them in and out so that they can rework them or whatever. They don't have the players don't have to. Uh, I see. You know, keep strategies for for so many different maps. Yeah, they, but, they, that's a weird thing because that's an incremental uh, improvement in a game. Uh, but and they they're don't have and they're always making incremental improvements. Like I think they need to revamp their um, payment system. Like so many games now are are ditching their their loot boxes and that kind of thing. Um, And they've made some changes, but they have too many currencies. And that's a lot of nitpicky detail stuff. But I I would love for them to do something to to bring it back, to put it up there, to get it in the face of all of these Dota 2 and and League people who don't see what it has to offer. Yeah, I like like Heroes of the Storm well enough. And and I, I think I've said this to you, several times probably is it's one that that almost every time i talk about it, i'm like yeah that's a game i should play and then i forget about it in a week um but and i don't know why it's it's fine i think it might have to do with i think it fixed a lot of the things that i did not like about league of legends um it's a shorter game it's, it's i know the characters and stuff but it's still for, for me and i wonder if it's for a lot of people who aren't like moba players a lot of mobas lack oomph like they lack they mm. lack the the like big explosive thing or the like I don't know like when you you know do an ultimate and it says you know more combat or something like oh my god <laughs> and then some it's powerful but I remember like all the the heroes of the storm and the League of Legends stuff is like my ultimate is now I can see the map and you're like oh I see what you're saying you're, it's like you're comparing it to a game like Overwatch. Yeah, where you get like, yeah, in Overwatch, you get an ultimate and all of a sudden the whole board is now open up and one dude is just wrecking everybody. And you're you know? n- n- dropping nukes down or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I've played just a little bit of Overwatch and the most recent time I played, they had a free weekend. I played Junkrat, who's a character I play a lot in Heroes, and it was frustrating for me to be down at ground level. I'm like, yeah. I want to see from the top. So that I can aim stuff and what it, like that's how I'm used to using this character and being in the guy running around and like jumping and vaulting myself forward with the mines and stuff. It just felt awkward. I'm like, I can't tell what's going on because I'm way down here. And of course, if you're coming from the other perspective, yeah, I'm sure the the heroic abilities in heroes would seem epic if you were down at ground level instead of. Uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, the. The the and Junkrat, by the way, I I just think he's difficult. I don't play him because he seems kind of difficult to play. And you're right, clunky to play. But people love him. But I, yeah, yeah um, in in heroes of the Overwatch 
heroes, which, um, you know, they do the quests where you got to play certain types of heroes, certain damage tanks or from different IPs. Uh, he's the one from Overwatch that I like the most because he's so chaotic. It's like nobody expects you to do anything super difficult. And if you do pull off something, you know, you drop a mine and knock the enemy over your wall and they die. Um, that's all the more impressive because most of the time you're just lobbing the grenades and hoping they hit something. Right. So yeah, that's that's the that's the thing. Heroes of Storm would be. I, I would agree with. I think it's it's a fun, neat kind of game. Has a lot going for it. It just does miss that make me want to play it because I'm going to feel awesome <laughs> at a certain thing. Uh, I jumped on Overwatch just last weekend just for like half an hour because I did like you know all of a sudden I'm in this big walking tank with the force field shield and. You know, that's really cool. Or I do, uh, I blow up the whole thing when I was the, the tank girl type thing. Um, and, and, but uh, getting in, getting in heart, here's the storm. I know I'm not going to have that. I'm going to be just kind of clicking through the game and then I'll get a new upgrade and then it'll be a little thing. And it's very tactical and awesome, but it just doesn't have. It's a, yeah. It's a hybrid, you know, between an RTS and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. I like the control. The RTS type controls without all of the micromanagement of of an RTS. Oh yeah, it's good. So so if they launched something for if they did announce something for Heroes of the Storm, it would be nice if they give us some kind of a this new addition to the game is going to be awesome. You know. So yeah, yeah that would be cool. All right, let's. Uh, I wanted to follow up from last week. I mentioned the book series. Um, expeditionary force i believe it's called i'll put a link in the show notes i finished the first book columbus day um cool. it's very good some twists and turns um it's it's sci-fi uh future i think i talked about it a little bit last week um it's good recommend Thumbs and i can up. follow up and say i think i finished two more chapters <laughs> my book in that time that you finished a whole um i started watching a show that is not new but relatively new to me a show called letter kenny have you okay. seen this no i've not um, you should check it out and then we'll okay. talk about it next week. It's very funny. It reminds me a lot of Deadwood in the sense that the the writing is is smart, almost too smart for the characters, and they talk really fast. Say so I, I need I need a good funny one. I just we just finished um Kim's Convenience. So mm. now now I'm I just put on Parks and Rec the other night because I'm like, I need another one of these. They're, need they're, something, they're, yeah. yeah we watched, to... watched The Good Place like three times. So <laughs> I'm up to a part in Superstore where it's all gotten very heavy and, and oh, yeah. drama, emotional, having babies and characters having babies. The Good, stuff, the good Place like, did uh, put out some shorts, by the way. If you haven't seen that one, they've got some shorts. Oh, I haven't seen those. I'll yeah, it's, it's, it the, uh, it's the shorts. They're like three minutes long or something like that. And there's maybe five to six of them. Um, and they are the bad place coming up with who they are going to send to the, that this new testing zone type thing. Oh, I see. So they're that's, that's pretty that's good. Funny. I just saw that. That's good. I'll have to check that out. All right. Good. Got everything. Yep. Awesome. We're, People we'll, are alive we'll watch, now today because we'll watch we watch Office had Space show. and uh, we'll talk about that next yeah. week. I think I think I may go to. Um, Knock off some people's cubicle things next week and their walls and let them live yeah. together. Feels, feels good to be a gangster. Yeah. You've been listening to Front Porches, episode 108. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other show, KlingonsAndDragons.com. I'm sure we're at least a week or two late on releases for that. My whole schedule is thrown off with this 
traveling. Right. Um, but I'll get that up soon. Uh, it's a Star Trek Adventures role-playing podcast. It's not safe for work. If you have questions or comments, feedback on the show, and you still use email, you can reach us at frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go over on our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we got contact forms over there. We got uh, comment fields on every episode, if you want to, so inclined. Uh, we got the schedule for the 100 movies that I will have updated this week, I promise. <laughs> yeah, we really uh, if that. you enjoy the show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, anywhere podcasts found. Thanks as always for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Thank you.